I love this series, Connected to the Lamb. When I was thinking about this part two, I was thinking about this power plant that's really close to my house. And when I'm looking at this power plant, I'm always sort of fascinated by the fact that across the street is a house that is like broken down and falling apart. And I imagine in my own head that there's no power going into that, that house. And there's no power plugs anywhere in that house. And I think of myself in that house holding like my coffee maker, holding the plug in my hand going, I'm not sure what to do with this plug. Because even though I look out the window and there's this power plant literally across the street, if there isn't a plug in the wall, I wouldn't know how to connect that in any sort of way. I'd be without coffee. And it was just ironic in my own head probably because I'm thinking that's how most people sort of live in this world. We're told that there is this amazing God, and he is so huge, and he created everything around us, and the dust from the ground created all that we see, including ourselves. And then we're told that this amazing God dwells within us, and the power that he is within us is incredible. And I think most of us sit there and go, well, that's fascinating, but I'm holding my coffee machine and my plug in my hand because I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with that information? How do I plug into all that power, the creator of the universe? What am I supposed to do with this power? Because I'm told it's amazing, but if I don't know how to plug into it, it's kind of just something I have faith that's out there and I'm supposed to sort of do something with it. Here's what the Bible says in John 16, 7, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, which is fascinating in itself, just thinking about that concept. But if I go, I will send him to you. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And you can see I skipped some parts in there. But what I want you to see is that Jesus, as he's leaving, says, I have to go so that I can send you something so much better. This, this helper you're now going to have a helper dwelling within you. No longer do you come to a person or, or pray, you, you can still pray to God, but you, you don't have to have this, this person. It's going to be in you. And if I leave, it's a helper to you. So now you have a helper in all you do. And it says you'll have a guide in all you do. So you'll have someone that sort of guides you through life, helps you do most things that you're thinking of, that you're trying to accomplish, disconnecting. It also says you have this direct line of conversation with the Father. Should have been very valuable to the early church in that you don't need someone that goes and talks to God for you. You now have a direct line of conversation. He's dwelling within you. And then it says this truth this guide, this helper will also show you the future. That's, that's amazing. So if we're well connected, if we're really connected, it will show you the future. What does that even mean, right? How does he show us the future? Well, somehow in the guiding, you can see the next steps that you're supposed to be going. And you can see kind of like, this is bad, this is good. And that guide, that helper, this incredible power, if we are connected will show us each step that we're supposed to take. But are we connected to this power? 
That's the part where most people, I mean, you're here today and you're probably struggling a little bit with, am I connected to this power? Imagine the millions of people that don't even have a church that have no idea what it's like to be connected to this power, even though it's close by, even though it's in us, not connected. Romans 10, 8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. Your heart is what you're passionate about. Your mouth is what you do and say. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We are his workmanship, uniquely designed. It's so funny that we are always spending money to try and look like everyone else. We're always sort of competing to look like we're the ones that are cloning humans. We want to clone a human to look like a human where God is up there saying, that's not it at all. Each one of you is my special masterpiece. I create you uniquely, and then I break the mold. Like you look around, no one looks like each. It's just so odd that 8 billion people can look differently, right? And that each one of us has a unique handprint, fingerprint, voice print. Each one of us has unique qualities about even our personality. Eight billion different ones that God says, okay, this one I'm going to do this with. This one I'm going to do this with. Uniquely creating us as masterpieces and breaking the mold. And then we go and try and look like other people and trying to have the same stuff as other people. We're always doing the exact opposite that God says, you're unique in every way. And then he says, I'm going to give you gifts that go even further than that. I'm going to do stuff that's even more than what you can imagine. I'm going to give you the gift of the cross so that all the sin in your life can be wiped away. I'm going to give you the gift of heaven so that when you die, it's a better dwelling place for you. I'm going to give you gifts of the fruit of the Spirit that you can use on a daily basis. And then he says, I'm going to go beyond that and give each one of you a unique spiritual gift, unique to you, so that you can do even more in this world. Here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge, another faith, another gifts of healing, another miracles, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, various kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. You may not imagine yourself as a superhero, but you are. We watch all these movies. There's a lot of movies right now about superheroes. We get so excited about being able to like shoot fire and fly and all this kind of stuff when we have no idea that God actually made each one of us superheroes as well, giving us supernatural gifts that you can actually use on a daily basis. They don't ever run out. They're unique to you to be able to do so much more than you can possibly imagine. But we go back to you have to be connected to the Lamb. And if we're not connected to the Lamb, then all of this that I'm talking about is sort of like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds great, but I don't know what to do. Sometimes I imagine it like an apple tree. When I think about an apple tree, I, I really, really like apples. 
Like apples to me, I could have two or three a day. You know, there's just something that you take it and you take that bite and it's all crunch and that nice, crisp, crunch sound just is like magic pixie dust that sprinkles over you as you're eating it, right? You guys all have this fascination with apples, right? But I have tasted, I, there's, it's, it's funny how many apples are bad as well. You take a bite and you're like, this thing's terrible. You throw it at the dog. There's so, I mean, there's just dramatic difference. Like, I, I like Honeycrisp apples. I have two or three a day, but, you know, they're so expensive. I think outside, Chris brought Gala apples. Those are really good, by the way. I enjoyed those. Thank you for doing that. I love a great apple, but I think about the process of an apple, and I think about this tree. Because this tree has to go through such a process to produce this fruit. There's a strong branch in which the apple is connected to that goes into this trunk, which is so powerful. And then we know that there's the root system that we can't see that's probably like three times as big underneath this tree. And all of those roots, if those are healthy, builds this strong trunk. And if that's healthy, builds these huge branches. And if that's healthy, then this fruit comes out. And even in all of that, Sometimes the fruit doesn't taste good. And it's amazing because I'm like, man, all this process and the fruit that was produced wasn't that good. But when it's good, it is so good. And this is the example that God gives us. This is the manifestation of his fruit. He speaks of his fruit. And we go through all this process, being connected to the branch, being connected to the trunk, these strong roots, this relationship with Christ that goes deep. And that deep Bible study and prayer and daily walk and the habits that he's called us to goes in and builds up this trunk that builds up these branches. And then the fruit comes out. And sometimes Christians, doesn't taste that good. Because something's not quite connected right, and the roots aren't quite where they're supposed to be. We do all of that work, and sometimes the fruit doesn't taste good. But when it tastes good, when the Christian is following those habits and is connected to the Lamb, that fruit that comes out is the power that we sense and feel and begin to be of Christ in this world. And the Bible speaks of this fruit that we can produce being more valuable than gold and silver and treasures and on and on. And so we translate that today. We think the things of value that we should spend most of our time going after, like homes and cars and boats and 401k plans and retirement and, and our kids' future schooling and on and on. All these things that we feel like these are the great things that I would love God to bless me with. When God says, I have something that is so much more valuable. In fact, those that have all of this would probably give it up to have these fruits on a daily basis. Fruit like love. If I could have a love like God speaks of, this profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person, a feeling of warm personal attachment, of deep affection as for a parent, child, or friend. Most people would give up almost everything to have this kind of love that God speaks of on a daily basis. The difference between God's gifts and the world's gifts is they don't run out. 
the, the home that eventually needs to be updated, all the stuff that sort of can, can not be so valuable in time, the things that can burn, all the things that fade away, the money that runs out, the fruits of the Spirit are on a daily basis just continuing to replenish, replenish, replenish. That's the kind of gifts that God gives. Gifts like joy, the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying, king pleasure, elation. Joy in Scripture is always a result of this depth of relationship with God or others. He gives a gift of peace, a state of mutual harmony between people or groups, especially in personal relations. The normal freedom from civil commotion and violence of a community, public order and security. Patience. This is the quiet, steady, perseverance, even-tempered care, diligence. It is the ability to abide in and under a difficult situation until a righteous solution can be adequately pursued or accomplished. Kindness. This is pleasantly helpful no matter the circumstances. Benevolent nature or disposition. Indulgent, considerate, humane. Goodness. Moral excellence, virtue, generous, mercy, or excellence of quality. Meekness. You guys writing all these down? Submission to God's sovereignty and others' authority through flexibility of personal expectations and yielding one's rights for greater kingdom accomplishment. Faithfulness. This is true to one's word, promises, vows, etc. Steady in allegiance or affection, loyal, constant, reliable, trusted, believed. How much would you give to have this on a daily basis in your life? Where all the promises and all the vows, all these things that we say to each other are never broken and are strong. Self-control. Control or restraint of oneself for one's actions, feelings, etc. Moderation in all things. This, this is what being connected to the Lamb looks like. This is what begins coming out of the Christian that is connected to the power of God. When we ask the question, how do I connect to this power? You have to connect in a way in which the fruits are manifested in your life. So all of a sudden, your life begins to look like these things. Your life begins to show these things to others. So what happens is you get this gift of the cross that wipes away sin. You get the gift of heaven so you know where you're going. It changes a lot about this world when you know where you're going. And then you're given this gift of saying, this is the fruit that will come out when you're connected to the power. And then he goes a step farther and says, not only am I going to give you all of that, but now I'm going to supercharge the fruit with a spiritual gift that dwells within you uniquely. He says, I'm going to give you something in which you will take the fruit and you will make it taste so good to all of those around you. The way that we would do this is first you would have to know what your spiritual gift is. I'm shocked at how many people I meet with that have no idea what their gift is. They name off things, that, the talents and passions, when they're not even listed in the Bible. Somehow, somewhere along the way, we were told we're given a spiritual gift, and then we go, that sounds great, and we never learn what it is or how to use it. 
which is amazing that we would take something from the creator of the universe and say, that sounds nice. I'll get to that later. It's, it's mind-boggling that we don't know what it is. But once we know what it is, what are we doing with it? It's, uh, it's nice to sit here and say, this is the greatest sermon that I've ever heard in my life. I appreciate that. But if you don't take this home and do something with it, it's going to mean nothing in your life. I've given you a card. It's actually your notes. And there's all these lines. And you probably tried to write as that thing was going, but you couldn't. That's okay, because I want you to use it a different way. I want you to put that card next to your bed. Because when you wake up in the morning, I want you to see it. The fruits of the Spirit listed. And what you do is you write what your spiritual gift is across that page. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, then you can Google it. <laughs> What's my spiritual gift? It's not going to pop up. But a test will pop up. And there's like a billion of them on Google. So you could really do any test you want. We're also going to give you one on your way out today. So if you want to just take it home and you have paper, uh, you can do it on the paper, and then it sort of just guides you. It's not like it's perfect, but it's going to guide you to like the top three in your life. Write those on this paper. Then when you wake up in the morning, this is what you do. You say, okay, my spiritual gift is wisdom or love or mercy or discernment. You, whatever your gift is, you say, this is my spiritual gift. How can I supercharge one of these fruits today? So for me, mine's discernment. So I look at discernment and I say, here's my day today. This is what I need to accomplish. How can I take one of these fruits? So let's look at love. So how can I love in a way that is so much stronger because I'm using my spiritual gift in it? Well, perhaps there's going to be someone that pops into my mind. Perhaps there's going to be a unique opportunity through that day. But I'll have the ability to give someone love, but it'll be because I feel there's a sense in me from the discernment that there's something more going on with this person. So I'll take my gift and I'll feel that there's more going on. And when there's more going on, I will show an act of love, something that maybe I pray with them, which I wouldn't have, or I'll, I'll give them a moment of tenderness of some kind where I help someone because I was stepping back and sensing my spiritual gift working in the moment. If we do that on a daily basis, two or three minutes in the morning where you just focus on how you're going to use your spiritual gift and you focus on how it's going to work in the fruit, you will be connected to the lamb in a way you've never felt before. You will be closer than you've ever felt in your life to God. You will begin to feel him in all of your day. It'll begin changing your life. So you won't be standing with a coffee machine and a plug going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Instead, you'll wake up knowing exactly how to connect to the power. You will sense the power in your life like you've never sensed it before. And sadly, knowing this, we still put it aside. When we need to say, I want to be connected to the lamb, I want the fruit to taste good, the branch to be strong, the trunk to be strong, and the roots to go deep. I can take two to three minutes of my morning and make sure the roots are deep so that the fruit that comes out connects me to the lamb like I've never been connected and connects people to God who may have never been connected. It's life-changing stuff. These spiritual gifts 
They're listed in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. He wasn't hiding it from you. It's all over. He talks about them all over the place. He talks about the fruit all over the place. The Bible shows you example of people doing it constantly. He's not hiding this from us. We're just not taking the time to connect to this lamb. I'll close with this. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all, eter- uh, from all eternity. The point here is that you have been given power. You have been given a unique superpower. It's not going to be easy. There is, it's a difficult calling that you've been called to, but it's God's calling in your life. And if you will connect to this lamb, your life will never be the same, and you'll be connected to a power like you've never felt before. Let's pray. God, we come before you, and we thank you for these gifts. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for heaven. Can't wait. Thank you for the fruits of the Spirit. I'll give up all this world has to give me for that. And thank you for this spiritual gift. Help me, Lord, to connect to it in a way I've never connected before. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're in this room and you haven't connected to this lamb, not going to pull you up front or do anything weird, I just want to begin praying for you. And if you're in here and you're saying, I need to connect to this lamb, I need to take that first step of having this lamb in my life, this incredible Savior in my life, I want to pray for you. Will you just put your hand up and say, that's me. I need to connect to this power and this lamb. Just quickly lift it up. God, thank you again. Thank you again for the opportunity to see that you are so close, that you dwell within us, and that you want to be a part of our everyday. And God, we thank you for the gift of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen.